and welcome to another GT Dwarfcast commentary, this time for series two, episode two, Better Than Life. Um, my name is Jonathan Capps, and joining me in this mostly boys club is Ian Symes. Hello. Daniel Stevenson. Hello. Joe Sharples of the fan club. Hello. And Thomas Pyatt. Hello. Of nothing. Of nothing. <laughs> um, so, you know the drill. If you wish to watch this episode along with us, uh, I'm not entirely sure why you'd want to, but put it in your media player of choice, get ready and press play after all these pips. Thank you. Thank you. There ain't no place in the whole of cyberspace. www.ganymede.tv Better Than Life is uh, episode 14 of 61 in the Silver Survey, and interestingly, it was the highest climber uh, since the 2008 poll, but admittedly that means very little, as the 2008 (laughs) poll was just six or seven people. Uh, Eight people, I believe, yeah. yeah. Rather than several hundred. A good many hundred, maybe 250, I think it was, wasn't it? But yeah, to place that in context, it is just below Whitehall out of Time and Me Squared, but it is just above uh, Hollowship Justice and the Inquisitor. I think that's a very sensible placement. It's a I really like good that. episode. Yeah. It's one of those where it's, it's sometimes overlooked in terms of picking an absolute classic, but that's just because there are so many great episodes around it. Yeah. But the level of quality and the consistency of quality in this episode is very high and it also um, it introduces a concept that was greatly uh, expanded on in the novel in the novel I do um, actually yeah weirdly um, mostly in Infinity and less yeah, so in, Bat- in, Bat- in the novel <laughs> Battle of the but yeah I think I think I'm kind of down on the game scenes from this episode just because the game itself is so much better developed in the novels. It's, yeah. such a, it's a completely different concept. It's a, the addictive properties of it and the fact that it hides itself from its users. Yeah, and that gives a whole atmosphere to the in-game yeah. scenes in the in the um, uh, scenes. You say scenes <laughs> in chapters. books. It's chapters. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever they're in the game, you're constantly tense because yeah. they shouldn't be there. It's, it's really dangerous. Yeah. It's a really dark <laughs> Whereas here, it's just well. a, a bit of fun yeah. that. And so there, there are no consequences to what happens in the game in the TV episode. No, Rimmer is the reason why it goes wrong. Yeah, not, but, but not the game but is actually it's just evil. The game goes wrong. Their lives don't go wrong as a yes. result, yeah. <laughs> which is the the difference between the two versions. It's generally but, one of those plots that would have dealt very well as a film. I would, yeah. I would love, love, love to have seen a film that had this. Well, it was part of the the world that the novels created of this dystopian, horrible yeah. future, which. Yeah. Is kind of there in the TV shows, but is that they, they never have time to flesh it out or budget to flesh it out crucially. But yeah, it's it's, it's the fact that it's mentioned when Listers on Mimus and there's that and there's Bliss and there's the robot prostitutes and all that kind <laughs> of thing. And it's just this horrible, horrible universe that is that is created. The world has gone to shit. Oh, at least a horrible moon. It, it's like it describes. 
Yeah, it's kind of like, it's a shithole of a moon. It's like, it's more of a shithole than most of the universe. It's like the Liverpool of space. (laughs) Which is appropriate. I really love uh, Rimmer's H on his chef hat. It's like a a magnet, like a fridge magnet. If you move the hat up, the H doesn't move. (laughs) The H is always in the same place. That would be amazing. (laughs) Yeah, the H is always in the same place. The H always has to be on display. It's Whatever's generated around that area has to be behind the H. It's brilliant. H is a watermark. Yeah, essentially, yeah. It has to be there by... It's the know. top layer in this... the Photoshop that is the hologram. <laughs> this this uh, scene comes not four episodes after Rimmer mocked Lister for wanting to be a white-hatted ponce. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Such he's mellowed. Hypocrite. He mellows throughout series two. <laughs> nice. Um, why, why, does he, why does he have like a Boy Scout cravat sort of a thing? Is that a chef's cravat? Chef's yeah, usually they would wear white stuff with uh, it as well. But... Okay. It's Red Dwarf. Well, I, I didn't realise that was a thing. Yeah. Um, I can Ooh. see um, Rimmer changing his mind on that, like based on the fact that Lister wanted to do it. The fact that he and would, failed. And failed, then him wanting to do it and succeed at yeah. it. So that he could hold that over. Whereas in fact he's equally he's just as crap as he Riddle's postcode there. This is <laughs> inserting. I, I always like the fact that Riddle has a postcode. It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> it moves. I, I have a feeling. It's a ship. I have a feeling that the postcode is actually that part of the ship for them. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it, obviously, the ship has to have a massive postcode system in itself. Yeah. Re one would be the top floor. Three DW being their cupboard or something. Yeah. I'm really quite impressed with those triangular VHS pops. They're, yeah, they're nicely realised. I, I think it was Rich Lord and thought they were actually a real thing. That they're actually a real VHS type. That's what Betamax look like. <laughs> well, that's, I'm sure that we had the conversation. I was like, I'm sure they were made but for the show. But that's a regular tape. <laughs> that is, yeah. Well, Com- that was made. Come the, 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 tape, the tapes later on in um, in Back to Earth and Series Ten are. No, I don't think you see any in Back to Earth, do you? But you do in Series Ten. They're just normal VHS tapes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you see VHS tapes in? In Fathers and Sons, yeah. Oh yeah, of course. See, it's weird that games are sort of like tape reels rather than yeah maybe, maybe it's just clearly had a variety of shaped things yeah so, well yeah. yeah having a computer program on a tape reel would or would be a is a it a stack of cds because mm. ooh, ooh. Ooh. Ah. obviously oh, like video messages on cds, CDs. yeah uh, they must be blu-ray there's some there's some <laughs> mad um format wars going on here you've got your regular vhs's you've got your triangular vhs's various discs you've got tape reels to market's a mess but then it's from all over the planet and yeah, diff- like yeah. different planets different, different planets have different formats you know what i mean yeah it's like ntsc and ccam and, and pal yeah different different settings. frame rates and, oh god it sounds like a oh, fucking god. nightmare imagine having to conform all this shit <laughs> <laughs> Different places. <laughs> and Gordon, who's you know what this scene could do with being being completely pressed. re-recorded by a worse actor. <laughs> <laughs> to let to be fair, they didn't go ahead with it. <laughs> yeah, they shot but, it and and correctly decided not to bother. He's brilliant. For the remasters. Yeah, he's really good. It's just really well delivered, and the timing's not the same in the re-recorded version. It can't be because I'm assuming mm. he was on set doing that. The same as um, Norman. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it would have made sense to, because he doesn't have to interact with anyone. Maybe it would have freed a camera up. Aye, true. To not to pre-record that. But I don't know. 
I'm guessing it was 27 years ago and I wasn't there. <laughs> Please rush me my portable walrus polishing kit. <laughs> it wasn't 27 years ago. Not quite that old. Uh, it was 88. He's coming up to 27 years ago. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I thought you were 27. I'm 28. Oh, I like how Rimmer feels needs to put two smoking sign, non smoking <laughs> <laughs> And there's one outside as well. Oh, yeah, he puts them everywhere. Oh, my God, oh, there's I four. This fucking <laughs> Just to be sure. I think he doesn't want this. Is to that smoke. a party invitation above his. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. He's been invited to a party once in his life and he kept it and he puts it up above <laughs> It reminds bed. me of... Um, well, what's the living it up thing as well? Yeah. Uh, it looks just like a little... Like a motivational yeah. thing or something. Because he was invited to a party once. <laughs> I have a feeling if you open it up, it might say Arnold Rimmer. Invite Arnold Rimmer to a... <laughs> Death Day party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I noticed the sign by the doors so that today is the first day of the rest, rest of your, your death. death. Not that um, you see that better in me, me squared, squared when oh. um, Rimmer moves in with Rimmer. That's one of the episodes that I'd not seen very much. Oh, I realised oh, when really I did good. the silver survey that there were little gaps where I'd seen them, but not as much as I had other ones. Yeah. Um, what's it? Is another one? The cat priest. Yeah. Waiting for God. Waiting for God. I noticed that, that that sign above the the mirror is necrobics as well, which is never. Yeah, it's only it's, seen once, but you don't know what it looks there's like. There's gags in that. Um, yeah. Underneath it says, uh, "Warning: Dead people can have heart attacks too." You know, <laughs> <laughs> which is a quote from a previous. So it's a really nice piece of background <coughs> detail that you barely see. It's like it's been made as a prop by someone who was paying attention. <laughs> Another not smoking sign. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably they'd have had to clear those pictures of Marilyn Monroe. Probably well, maybe just didn't bother. Yeah. <laughs> are there photos or are there paintings? I used, to, I used to find it very difficult. Why does he go posters. into a cupboard to read it there? Light. <laughs> what, in a cupboard? He goes and fetches it from the cupboard. It's written in black light. And he's just randomly <laughs> interacting with the set in no particular... This, like I think, from all I was saying about the uh, better than life game in this, that it's not really the main no, thing about the episode. No, it's very interesting. like all things called better than life. It's not really about the game better yeah. than life. <laughs> the um, there is so much really, really strong, funny and touching stuff yeah. before you even get to the game. But it's easy to forget that because you see the episode title. The first thing you think, think of is those game. scenes. Yeah. But like a lot of Red Dwarf, the main, if you consider that to be the main plot, which, you know, the episode's named after it, and the headline for the episode is they go into a magical computer game. Like a lot of Red Dwarf, that doesn't kick in until fairly late in the running time. They don't enter the game until about the 12th, 15th minute. Because the episode's so packed with, with really good stuff. Yeah. Just really um, good dialogue. We've skipped over a bit there, but that, sh- that comp shot of, of the observation, of the observation yeah. dome. It's the first time you see it in this episode. Really it's only in yeah. this and Thanks for the Memory. Which is a shame. And something approximate to it in Back to Earth. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah, the area where yeah. the uh, list has got a little Chansky shrine yeah. and Malbibi shrine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just su- such a huge amount of ambitions. Like, yeah, let's just put these actors on. I mean, Hitchhikers did a lot of those kind of 
com shots onto map pages. Hitchhiker's Pony sort of thing. had a lot of um, techniques, but I hadn't really been done again since the, since this, and this is ten years later, isn't it? Maybe not not quite ten. Years. Six or seven years. It's a very interesting line there. He just says, "Well, I knew he was dead. Well, they're all dead, aren't they?" It's like that sort of the the gravity of that hitting home. Mm. Like Rimmer had obviously hadn't thought about it, having mm. since died himself. That's the thing. It's th- what happens to to Lister in in Red Dwarf is so monumentally catastrophic. Yeah. That it's just so hard to process. Yeah. And the novel goes into that with his exactly. internal dialogue when he hears the news. It just doesn't make sense. Like if you say every single person is dead, there yeah. are no more humans. Yeah. Then it's just too big a thing to comprehend. But yeah. when it's a specific human that you know, yeah. it brings everything home. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the quiet way that that line just gets tossed away. Yeah, they're all does. dead, aren't they're they? They're all dead. It's not a big thing. No. It's just it's. But it's a massive thing that. to say. He's come to terms with the fact that everyone is dead. Absolutely. But it's just... It must be more of a... Because uh, they both really have gone through exactly the same um, uh, transition into yeah. this new world because they're basically just blink of an eye and they're suddenly in this situation. Rimmer died and then was suddenly you yeah. know, turned on. There was no time for him in between, yeah. really. And same with Lister. Um, but yeah, it's like... Uh, that terribly nice chap Stalin said, "Is one death is a tragedy, a thousand is a statistic." Yeah, I think it was Stalin or Lenin. No, Lenin was all right. Stalin <laughs> or the other one. Lenin said, uh, "I am the walrus cuckoo." <laughs> oh yeah. I thought I was Popeye the Sailor Man. <laughs> it's so easy to get all of these two. <laughs> oh, Rivers mentioned that how he divorced his parents when yeah. he was fourteen. I think he looks more than fourteen in the beginning, yeah. so maybe that's why is uh, the lecture room is being such a dick. Because <laughs> yeah. he's already divorced his parents, but not thought it through and realised that he wants to go to the same academy that his dad teaches at. <laughs> I prefer chicken. It's one of my favourite lines in Red Dwarf. That is the embodiment of. The cat just stealing, like the, that brilliant. whole scene hasn't. There wasn't any big laughs, but it was brilliant. And then the cat, <clears throat> yeah, chimes in, walks in, steals the entire thing. Woofer, yeah. fuck off. Like that that look of disgust on Wimmer's face was actually a look of disgust on on Chris Barry's face. Yeah. <laughs> I've been busting my balls for the last ten minutes on this scene, and now for some bad compositing, but it's. She's a hologram, you can see through it. (laughs) A really difficult thing to do is a fake news report. And she does really well. The tone and the mannerisms are really good. Rob and Doug are quite good at writing fake news bulletins. They did it a a bit for Son of Cliche. I'm going to say Spitting Image as well. Well, the satirist spy. Carrots Lib, I'm going to say, had a bit of that as well. Probably, yeah. There was a certain, there was a couple of comic relief sketches that were newsroom based that Rob and Doug wrote that were adapted from earlier the stuff they'd done on radio. Uh, so he's just basically catching up all the news that he's found in the post, basically just reading up on yeah, everything. Yeah, they're just going it. through it all. It's like a big dose of reality, like oh fuck yeah, all these things. Must you must be like box clinging, of... clinging on to yeah. the yeah. vestiges of the human race because in order to feel connected again. But imagine finding That's all about this stuff having a box set of like five hundred <laughs> years of news. Can you imagine? Yeah. It's like having history just built. But just like standard bulletins as well. It's like the complete. It's not even highlights of what's happened in the last no. hour. It's interesting because this this idea is brought back in series ten. Post almost the a, a, a yeah. through line of the whole thing is that, that yeah there is this kind of 
um, actually it was something. What was the what was the thing that Jez said in his coffee lounge cock years ago on the the dwarf the the um, DJ Dwarfcast, where Doug had said that mm. um, there was going to be a big upgrade arrived from Earth that yeah. was caught up yeah. with them and it would start causing problems around the ship and yeah. everything like that. Well, that's where pre kind of yeah, that's where Trojan and all the technology that came from Trojan. Yeah, it kind of got yeah. redeveloped as to being based on what happened in Trojan rather than Still that. The idea, but yeah, dear Dave obviously has the postpod. But it doesn't come with all the media stuff and all the news yeah, and the games and everything. True. It's just normal post. <laughs> it's just the absurdity just of, for some slag. It's <laughs> like the absurdity of rubber nuclear weapons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Such an absurd thing. They're real nuclear weapons that just Le- happen to be made out of rubber because it's not a little the bit casing of, of the yeah. nuclear weapons that's the just problem. Just loads of rubber mushrooms just throwing <laughs> at people. A little bit of satire of uh, heavy-handed... And that um, is quite gross what they're actually technically doing there, if you know about the books. Yeah, and they're all... They're just pushing needles into their heads. They're all really keen to just do it. It's obviously something they're used to. I like, I like the idea of this sort of holding area and... Yeah, and then just really terrible. They they (laughs) did. I'm sure they've done better CSO and CSO one. And it's just the ambition of it. Well, split screens they could do beautifully. Yeah, Yeah. split screens were never something. In fact, right from the start were perfect. But the blue screen work (laughs) in series two because the the worst shot is the uh, the cat in the hangar in Crichton. Oh yeah, I as much as I love Pomf. John the Pomp. John the Pomp. He was a junior and inexperienced, and he was basically running yeah. the lighting plan. I wonder if he just hadn't quite nailed CSO yeah, lighting. Yeah. And also, like most CSO stuff at this time, was for factual things. I'd say rather than yeah. necessarily, it was either for like pop weather. video, music performances type things, weather. news and weather type events, documentaries. Static camera yeah. stuff. Yeah, stuff where the camera's completely locked off. And, and there's not also much, not, there's not taken much from movement. distance, because yeah. CSO done, doesn't travel well with distance. And in a, in a controlled, like, permanent setup. Uh, so it was trailblazing to Pretty be using ambitious. it for sitcom. Yeah. Definitely and for sitcom. It was just difficult to keep up, all departments to keep up at all times. Yeah. But well, when I you come might be doing the late 80s TV industry a bit of a disservice there. I can't think of many examples... Like outside of Doctor Who and stuff but, like that. Yeah, there, there might have been isolated uh, isolated cases of something really impressive being done, but the thing is with Red Dwarf, it was trying to do... It was doing lots of lots of things yeah. in every episode, maybe overstretching. Um, yeah, it's Tony Hawks. It's Tony Hawks. Getting his face on Red Dwarf for the first time. I mean, he had his voice on Red Dwarf. I like episodes he's the fifth dwarfer of the uh, BBC era and Richard O'Callaghan is the fifth dwarfer <laughs> of the Dave era I do find a sneak that. peek from you have been watching part two though. it's very weird how they did a CSO shot of that bike appearing when they could have just shot it with a bike because it's, yeah, it's on the beach now yeah, I was, the beach I was doing stuff like that with um, my stepdad's camcorder and they just <laughs> tripod lock off and yeah. then yeah, that as well. I suppose with the um, with the sea, a locked off That's thing just... might not have worked because no, the sea yeah. would look different oh, on yeah. one side of the split. Oh, oh, yeah. Is that actually Chris's car? No. I've just made this. No, they hired it. There's a story about it in documentaries. They hired it and they said, just make sure it comes back to us in one piece. And, and they, they, they neglected to mention that they were putting it on a beach in well, real. just didn't tell them. <laughs> and and it was entirely caked in sand. Yeah, and the salt water would have 
probably rust. set off quite a bit of rust. And... The engine was entirely destroyed. <laughs> it was completely ruined, the car's engine. <laughs> That's a lock-off jump cut. The yeah. uh, fairy dice appearing. Let's stay very still. Is <laughs> that nice, Carl? Uh, look at all the fucking sand that's oh. kicking up. Uh, that is Sasha's in Manchester. The Manchester. The universe. That's yeah. what Sasha's normally looks like. Yeah. Different. <laughs> oh, there's an interesting... All these costumes... Well, some of the costumes are from hitchhikers from the Milliways restaurant at the end of the universe scene. The guys behind Lister are the... Oh, yeah. What do you call them? The, I can't remember the name of the Swedish, but they're the people that worship the... Handkerchief. Handkerchief. Handkerchief, the... God bless you. The coming of the great handkerchief. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of anyway. Many yeah. ways. Is it, what is the uh, the concept in game? Is this like a, an online That's area how I thought of it. Yeah, where these there, are all yeah. people who are yeah. plugged into the game? They're also plugged into the oh, game. It's like a community area. Yeah. But, but they're all really aliens because the human race is extinct. Yeah. Actually, no, fuck that because aliens don't exist in real Well, then maybe they're Gelfs. Oh, okay. Or, so what what gets me is the fact that maybe it's just the fact that they wanted it populated as part of their fantasy but didn't really specify so the game yeah. just went oh we've got these random avatars yeah. this is yeah. yeah but yeah an interesting little thing that like my theory of how why the cat uh, thinks about or dreams about tongue tied in parallel universes because the music for uh, tongue tied is, is on the back of yeah. this episode and no one yeah. spots it until parallel universe <laughs> it's also in a version of it is in the lobby in the hotel that he goes to in um, Stasis League. Yep. So it is like um, he's heard it. He's heard it he's like my lovely before. horse. He's <laughs> in the red door. Unconsciously, he's yeah. yeah. He's unconsciously um, absorbed it. Absorbed so he's put words. There's, put it, words there's an extra in this who looks just like Doug, but he looks like Doug looked about fifteen years after this was shot. It looks like an older <laughs> Doug. Is it Rimmer's dad? <laughs> no, it's, we were talking, there was a shot with the three of them at the table and he was in the foreground. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. thought for a while it was Doug, but when you think about it, it makes no sense. Doug was, had a lot of Yeah, Doug had a lot, of, lot more hair and less beard at that point. Look at that massive pile of bread that Lister's got. <laughs> That's probably just a sandwich. Oh, I guess it. It's all... Rathbones, yeah. Oh, no, it's not Rathbones. And ding! <laughs> and so we're introduced to Rimmer's dad, who is a different Rimmer's dad in series 10. He is. Because he, That's an old family friend. Yeah. Like <laughs> and they know each other. Yeah. What? That was nice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they do look similar. Do. This do. scene. It's very good. Fun fact contains one of the few instances of cat calling Rimmer Rimmer. Yeah, but then it's um, not An to insult. him. Not, it's not to his face. He's not there when he says. He says, "Where?" Yeah, it always and rankles in, a little bit, doesn't it? In um, body swap, when he says Rimmer, he he thinks he's saying it to Lister, so Rimmer's not in the room. And he calls him Rimmer in blue when he's not there. So Cat only calls Rimmer Rimmer when he's not. He in the room. He keeps up the facade yeah. of um, insulting. Him. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that Napoleon weird head thing? Mm -hmm. I always assumed that was a prop, and then I went to Sasha's, and that's there. That's is part it? of the decor in Sasha's. That's not Napoleon, is it? That's um... well, it's some fucker from history. You know, 
Uh, Nelson. That's Nelson. Nelson. You, you haven't recognised him because he, he isn't on his column. <laughs> yeah, that's not Nelson. <laughs> Nelson's got this massive <laughs> growth coming out of his feet. And he's covered in bird shit. Oh, Rimmer's dad in, um, in doesn't look too dissimilar from him. Yeah. To be fair. It could be the he's same. Yeah. Very good job of he's like, that's an older consistent. version of Simon Trevis. Yeah. That's what Simon Travis was going to Although like. I think Simon Travis had... Did he have a um, a brown moustache? Yeah, I think he did. He had an old brown hair, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. A lighter brown than that. Yeah. A lighter brown. A lighter brown. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird bit. And then the 4-4 four four break, yeah. yeah. I forget about that. But then it's in the game, so... Yeah. He could look at the camera. Uh, some really good... Um, a really good smoke-up <laughs> section <laughs> taken from this. The Quite French lavatory own. squat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is then comped onto itself with a retake and don't remove it. This yeah. is a good bit of location filming because it's actually a believable setting for a game. Like because well, it's, it's a golf course rather than the, the beach. Land, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this looks decent. Isn't it? it looks like it's a sunnier day. Yeah, except. In later scenes, it's increasingly less sunny, mm, yeah. quite rapidly. <laughs> that drink now oh absolutely stinks God. of sulphur and phosphorus. Yeah, <laughs> Marilyn Monroe um, impersonator apparently has not seen any footage of Marilyn Monroe at any point. She's uh, Leslie Ash's sister. Oh, Debbie Ash. Debbie Ash. Ash. <laughs> This is weird. The comped on handkerchief. It's comped on. Yeah. No. You can see in the shot, in the wide shot where Holly comes in, it's move, it's moving about. I never they're, noticed they're tracking that. it on, That's and weird. it's not oh, there. Yeah, it's not there. Oh. It's not there. And then oh, it goes back to the close up, and there it is. This. There it is. Oh, oh my god! And you can god. see, oh, you can see the artifacting. Today I learn. I can't believe I haven't <laughs> seen that. It turns before. out shit remastering. <laughs> that is really stuff. weird. Um, the cat just made an oral sex joke. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to perform cunnilingus on a fish, <laughs> but crucially on the human half. <laughs> yeah, he's not sick. <laughs> not one of those sicko fishy. Bugs. Brings a new meaning to the term. I'm going to eat little fishy. <laughs> I'm going to eat your little fishy. Let <laughs> this be a warning to everyone. As soon as a woman has children, she just turns into a horrible hag. To be fair to Rimmer, to be fair to Rimmer at this stage, his side is sunnier than Lister and Cat's side, so he's clearly happier than Lister. There was definitely a deliberate thing that they did there. <laughs> Well, at least it's from this idea of... See, look, he's climbed over to their side of the wall. And, and now it's dark again. Oh, so, in fact, it's Lister and Cat that pull Rimmer down and not the other way around. Unbelievable. <laughs> I oh, love, they almost kissed them. I, oh. I love the... Um, what does she need nappy sacks for? Because none of the children... They've all shit themselves They're all too once. big to have nappies and the other one is inside her. <laughs> oh, that she, raises some questions. <laughs> She has a diaper fetish. <laughs> I love the every time it cuts back to Rimmer during this sequence, he's got one bit shittier. Yeah, starts to get. He starts to get. Yeah, the first shot he's got a bit of stubble. The next shot his clothes are a bit worse. Then his face then is his completely fucked. Then his yeah. clothes are gone. Then his teeth are gone. And it's every time it cuts back to him, and they've added brains. a bit more. Yeah. 
It's like an incremental process of him getting fucked. It's uh, yeah, it's another example of Rimmer's psyche, like being the, his own worst enemy in the like the most complicated character, in that he yeah. hates himself so so much. <laughs> yeah. He cannot even let himself be happy for one moment. Which will be interesting to see how, if at all, the revelations of the beginning affect his character from yeah, series 11. Yeah. Quite possibly... Will be swept under the carpet yeah. for the benefit of telling good stories. Yeah, because it wouldn't be that incongruous that he actually just ends up being just the same. Yeah, just the something else happens in his brain. Yeah, yeah. For another, he finds another reason to hate himself. Because he, it's quite conceivable that he would. He could still hate and himself and still be a pain in the, the ass. Uh, has it come on again? I think no, it's real. Right, I think the handkerchief so is, is that real in this from? scene. Have they taken the comp from no, that oh, shot now it and is. then put it onto uh, the other? I don't know. Maybe they just did a better job of comping it on. But then if... Why? But why do it at all? Yeah. It's a British joke, but it's one of them things... I've never even noticed it. I suppose, there. though, in fairness, it would have not have looked as obviously comped on at the time. And in further fairness, it's only that I pointed it out that anyone in this room. Spotted yeah, it. I've never so seen it. So only one out of five people who have watched this episode hundreds of times have spotted it. I'll see it every time now. Yeah, Thanks. and so will you all listening to this. Now you see the benefit of watching along with the uh, the sound turned down in the episode. You fucking idiots! Why aren't you, <laughs> why are you better at listening to the blocker? Oh, Hello, twist. Mate. It's like this, Tales of the Unexpected. It's like Inside Number Nine. <laughs> it's interesting because this is one of the only episodes that kind of doesn't bother to resolve itself at all. Yeah. Cat um, is laughing. Because actually, if this was in the novels, it'd be like, oh shit, they're still in the game. It's really difficult to get out. What are they going to do? But then, really, that, um, <laughs> then the creator of the game would turn up and say, oh, well done, you found me in the game. Because <laughs> it's a big leprechaun, Dennis McBean. <laughs> Dennis McGee, that's it. Dennis McNee. Dennis McBean. 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 That's the fucker. Dennis McBean. Dennis McBean. It's a, it's a good name to say over and over again. McBean. Dennis McBean. McBean. That's well, a really good so episode. So viewers. <laughs> we seem to have come to a, a, natural... a natural end as the episode ends. But it was it is a good episode. And um, yeah... I think I, I had done it a disservice over the years. I had never considered it to be a classic until you come to actually think about all that it contains. Well, if you think of the company that it's in, though. Yeah. In this series. Oh, yeah. Series 2 is exceptional in that every episode is fucking brilliant. Yeah. There's one slightly dodgy one, but everything else is... And even that is good. Forgive me, did you say where it places uh, where it placed relative to Series 2? Ah. Uh, Good question. It is a good question. I am mother at the moment, so I will tell you to tell me this thing. I will cluck and ask questions. <laughs> mother hen clucking. Oh, excellent. Enclosed chrome. Oh, shit. Okay. We're a real Mickey Mouse operation. It is... It's got to be quite low down, hasn't it? Because it's the third, it's the third best episode in series two, so top half... Uh, so it's below um, Queeg and Thanks for the Memory, but above Stasis Leak, Crichton and Parallel Universe. Okay. okay. That's a bit... Okay. Bit I think Crichton is a better episode. But yeah, the, my point was that it's not until you sit down and think about everything that's in it, and that's all the Rimmer and Lister stuff, all the stuff yeah. with Rimmer's dad, the Observation Dome scene, 
the letter, <laughs> reading out the letter. Yeah. Oh, your father's dead, remember? It's in, it's a really solid episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, like I say, it's kind of. It's I think it, it does. Great. It does become less. Like the the content of it isn't quite as. It doesn't hit the same places later on. Like the start of the episode hits you emotionally. Yeah. It, it's character building, and the second half of the episode isn't that, but it is something else which is equally valid, which is just fun and fantasy and what if yeah, type scenarios. Yeah. And, and it's still got that <laughs> threaded throughout because the last few minutes of it, when Rimmer, when everything's going to shit for Rimmer, that's you learn things about Rimmer as we go. You do, yeah. I just it's the wa- first. It's the first in. Like it follows on from me squared in uh, establishing the theme that Rimmer really hates himself and he can't accept happiness and he yeah. always finds a reason. And it's actually quite depressing that the episode doesn't really conclude itself. It's just the conclusion is well, Rimmer's brain is fucked. <laughs> They're still in the game. Goodbye. Yeah. Like what if Rimmer every, is just fucked? What if every know? episode from this point on is in better than life? Oh my god. Which one? And they're going to figure it out. In se- that's going to be how series eleven is going to end. <laughs> they're going to figure out that they've been in better than life for all this time. They'll that wake up emaciated. Actually. Crichton won't have existed. <laughs> uh, Crichton will still be out there somewhere. Oh my what God. you don't realise if you're looking back through all the episodes is that Lister's got U equals BTL slowly appearing. Slowly appearing. <laughs> it's been there since series the longest, no one's longest game ever. Yeah. yeah, that would be unbelievable. But when you look back after it's all been revealed, when you go and look back, the clues are all there throughout. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. Chew, chew on that, listeners. You twats. You, you <laughs> twats. And, um, well, yes, that has been um, our commentary for Better Than Life. You're welcome. Um, we will return very soon, I'm sure, with um, another commentary, probably from Series 7, because we've really got to get through those <laughs> fucking things. Um, yeah. So, for me, Danny, Ian, Tom and Joe... The heads, I'll see you later. <laughs> Ed bye, everybody. Uh, Ed bye. Ed bye. Ed bye. Thank you for listening to GNT Dwarfcast, and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye. Goodbye.